Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Well, good morning. Welcome to City Hills. We are thrilled that you are here with us today, and we are closing out our 21 days of prayer, and we're also closing out our Dangerous Prayers series. And our prayer over the last 21 days has been that that this time has, has been a really unique opportunity for you to connect with the Lord and for the Lord to begin to do some really cool things in your life. And we've looked at a bunch of different areas of prayer over the last couple of weeks. But before we jump into the third part of our Dangerous Prayer series, I wonder how many of you have ever broken a bad habit? Have you ever broken a bad habit? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever been successful in beating one of those pesky little bad habits. That is awesome. So many of you have done it, and so many of you haven't. Man, we are going to have to work on that together, and we're going to figure that out together. But I don't know what your bad habit was, but maybe for you it's it's being late to a meeting or being late to show up when you're supposed to be there at a certain time, right? Have you ever had that person in your life that maybe you work with them and no matter what you do, no matter how many texts and emails and, and calendar reminders you put, they still show up like 10, 12, 15 minutes late for a meeting. And it's like, hey, I have things to do with my life too. Like, what are you doing? Come on, show up on time, right? Some of you are shaking your heads. You, you might be that person. I'm, I'm sorry. We all are waiting on you, just so you know. Or maybe for you, it's, it's biting your nails, right? It's always been like a really gross habit to me, like biting your nails. But a lot of people deal with that. A friend of mine told me the other day he has this really bad habit of picking his eyebrows. I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't even know what to say to that. I don't, I don't even know where to begin to understand where you start <laughs> that bad habit. But I saw a really funny one this week. Um, as you heard earlier, Lauren and I, um, our oldest daughter, started kindergarten. So we, we went shopping for a couple dresses for her to start the new school year. And she was really excited, and it was, it was a, lo- a lot of fun. Uh, but while we were shopping, there was this mom there that was doing the same thing with her daughter. And she was just a little bit older than I was. And she just kept doing this really weird thing. She kept talking to her daughter as if she was texting with her. So like every few minutes, the, the daughter would put something on and she's like, oh my God, that's totally adorb. I'm like, what? What? Totes adorb? Tort? To- what? Why are we doing that? Like you're, you're 39 years old. You can't just do that anymore. It's not a text conversation. The child is going to grow up going through school going, oh, that's totes adorb. And the teacher's going to be like, what? totally adorable? Is that what you're trying to say? No, 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 no. Totes adorb, right? It's just this weird thing. And you know what? The, the first point that we, we're going to look at together is that breaking a habit can be unbelievably difficult, but the payoff is always worth it. The payoff of not talking in text message language will always be worth it. And over the last two weeks, we've prayed some really dangerous and powerful prayers. The first week, we looked at the prayer, God, search me. Search my heart. 
Know my anxious thoughts. Find in me any fault that I have and lead me in the path of everlasting. And then last week we looked at this, this incredible prayer of God, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Not, not I want to do the opposite or, or God send somebody else, but God, here I am, send me. But today's prayer, if we're just going to be honest, it's the one that, that is by far the most dangerous of all three. And I, I want to go ahead and just warn you and tell you up front that some of you aren't going to like this prayer. You're not going to like this because many of you will, will hear this and you're like, that doesn't line up at all with what I understand about Christianity. Like, isn't it supposed to be just like roses and smiling and sunshine and not a cloud in the sky, right? Like we, we think everything is supposed to be perfect in our life, but this prayer has the potential to open your heart to, to the work of God in, in such a way that it will forever change your life. And the prayer that I'm going to ask you to consider praying is this prayer, God, break me. God, break me. Now, this seems counterintuitive to everything that we think about when we understand Christianity. We think it's about just songs and beautiful sunny days, but all throughout Scripture, you see these moments of brokenness in people. You'll find people who went through hardships and persecution, and they went through challenging seasons in their lives, but God used those moments to break things off in their life in order for them to step into their ultimate purpose. And there have been so many moments in my life that, that God has had to break something from within me in order for me to truly find him. And one of my greatest moments of brokenness came in college. Now, for me, I, I grew up with some incredible parents. I grew up with just hearing words of affirmation my whole life, and I, I always heard that God wanted to do great things in my life. And I, I'd gone to Africa as as a young man, and and I had someone prophesy over me in in Africa, and it was just time after time after time hearing these great and positive things that God wanted to do in my life, and it. It was amazing and because I'd seen God do some cool things, but there was something that I really began to struggle with as I got older, and it was pride. I really began to struggle with pride because I was smart enough and, and I was liked enough. I had enough friends and, and I was talented enough to get by, but I never really experienced a real failure in my life. And you know what happened? was I did what most guys that are 19, 20 years old at the time and never had a failure in their life. I got cocky. I got cocky. And I got to this place where I felt like I was almost untouchable and I was beginning to damage my relationships with people around me because of it. And I was damaging my relationships. Lauren and I were dating at the time and she was on the brink of walking away from my relationship and I deserved every bit of it because I was all about me. I was all about what I can do and what I wanted, and I was, I was not seeing my ministry opportunities open up in front of me because I was disrespectful to the leaders that I was working with. Like, I, I had this deal where I, I, we moved to Alabama, and, and uh, Lauren's dad was a pastor, and it was a very traditional church, like suit and tie, buttoned up, like all that stuff, and I rolled up in a beanie, some ripped up jeans, and flip-flops to lead worship, and they're like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen, 
And I was like, this is just me being me. I don't know what your problem is. This is me. And I was just, I was so cocky, and I was damaging my ability to do what the Lord had called me to do because of this pride in my life. I'd moved off campus, and I was living in a house with a bunch of uh, guys from college, and uh, it was it was a very interesting house, to say the least. But one of the most interesting parts is the guys didn't really like to pay their bills. And I, being one of the responsible ones in the house who was trying to pay the bills and, of course, had the bills in my name, was always trying to get the money from him. And it just never ended up happening. I, I ended up working at the Walmart deli. And for me, my parents owned restaurants. And that was just like this humiliating moment of like, I used to manage a restaurant and I'm working in the Walmart deli. And I just was, I was in such a bad place mentally. And because my roommates didn't like to pay their bills, our power got cut off. Because they didn't like to pay their bills, our water got cut off. So I would leave Walmart stink and have to go to Lauren's house when she still had me to go take a shower because I had nowhere else to go. I would sleep in my car in front of our house because it was the south and it was hot and it was stank and it was wet, right? Like it's humid there. So I'd sleep in my car because that was the only AC that we had. And I remember I got to this point where I was standing on my front porch one day and I was like, God, I'm done. I'm done. I moved here to go to ministry school. I moved here to do all this stuff for you. I'm, I'm out. I can't, I can't fail. I'm failing school. I'm failing my classes. I'm not paying attention. Uh, I'm just struggling in every essence of the word. And this can't happen to me. I can't fail. I shouldn't fail. I'm doing this for you. I'm out. And it was in that moment that I felt one of the the clearest moments that the Lord spoke to me in my life. I heard him speak to my heart, and he said, are you done trying to do life without me? Are you done? Can't you see what you living for you is getting you? Don't you recognize and see what's happening? Are you ready to trust me? And in that moment, I broke. I broke down crying on my front porch for who knows how long, just sitting there going, God, I'm sorry. You're so right. I have been the biggest jerk, and I have been the most prideful person in the world. Forgive me. Break me of my pride. And it's like changing that bad habit. As soon as I prayed that prayer, as soon as I allowed him to start to change those areas, as soon as I gave him access my life started to change. And I started to see the Lord open the doors that I'd been praying for him to open and see my relationship with my future wife begin to mend and and see the blessing that I had in her. And all of that came because I said, God, break me. Break me of my pride. Now, this prayer, it's not for everybody today. Maybe you're coming, maybe you're in the season of brokenness. You're, you're walking through some stuff, or you just came out of it, and the Lord is in that, that healing area. It, this may not be specifically for you, but there are people in this room today that have an area of their life that God has been wanting access to that we've been saying, no, 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 I can handle this. I can handle this. You don't need to do that. I can do this one on my own. And God's saying, if you let me do my work, I will do something deep and powerful and heal you of that area. 
to study this, we're going to look at a, a couple stories that are right back to back in the book of Mark, which is, is always really cool when that happens. And the first story deals with a prostitute. And I always like to like get my head into the story, like to understand and not just read the words, but like think about what's going on there. Could you imagine being a, a prostitute in this first century? Like no one wanted to do that. No one, no, no woman woke up and said, hey, when I'm 21, I want to be like a top 10 draft pick of prostitutes, right? Like she didn't wake up. That wasn't her goal in life. And so in order to get there, she was dealt some really bad cards. She was, she probably was dealing with some things and an abuse in, in different areas of her life. And, and here this woman is who desperately needed a new life. Maybe she was a single mom and the only way that she can take care of her kids was to make, to choose this life. But whatever it was, this woman was hated and despised by everyone, right? Could you imagine being the prostitute in town and what the other women thought of you, the other wives that knew what was happening with their husbands? Or, or the, the men and the things that she went through and what she had to walk through. So think about this woman as, you, as we read this story. And one day, she meets this guy who treats her with respect and with honor and speaks life into her. And it's this really special cat that we call Jesus. And she met him, and something in her life shifted. Something in her life started to change and got her to a place that moved her so deeply that she wanted to worship him in the most sacrificial way that she possibly could worship him. So check out Mark 14, starting in verse 3. And it says this, While Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. The first thing that we want to see is like, where was Jesus at? He was in the home of a leper. Like, if you know anything about the Bible, they didn't mess with lepers, right? Like, if you were a leper, you were outcast. Like, you had nothing to do with anybody else. But Jesus would go and he would hang out in their house and have dinner with them and heal them and be a part of their lives. And it's just this beautiful picture of Jesus that no one was on the outside. Everyone else would run, but Jesus would befriend them. And this, this kind of sounds like a joke, right? Like a rabbi named Jesus, a leper, and a prostitute are all walking into a bar, right? Like it, it kind of sounds like a bad joke is about to kick off, but that's where we're at. You've got Jesus, the rabbi, a leper, and a prostitute in this, in this house. But one really key thing that I, I missed early on studying this scripture is the importance of this perfume. Because this perfume is really, really valuable, not just monetarily. It was actually this woman's identity. Because in this time, women didn't wear perfume. It was too expensive. It was too precious. So what a prostitute would do is she would use her money that she, she built up to buy perfume almost as her calling card. So that she is the one woman walking around in town that smells like something, that smells good, that smells sweet. And so when the men would see her and smell her pass by, they're like, oh, I get it. I know who you are. Like, I, I, it was her calling card. It's how she marketed herself. It, they, she didn't have Facebook ads. It was like, this is me, perfume. Woohoo! But look at verse 4. She comes and she, she broke open the jar and poured perfume over Jesus' head. 
And some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. And you and I would do the same thing. Like, I don't know if you ever bought expensive cologne or perfume, but like if that ever broke on the ground, there would be a little bit of tears falling out, right? Like these people, this was a year's worth of wages. Could you imagine your entire salary going into this perfume? That jank better smell beautiful, right? Like that better be the old day toilet. No, 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 no. That better be something big time. And here they are needing this and seeing this happen right in front of them. And, and honestly, you and I would do the same thing. We're like, just give him a drop. Give him like a couple of drops. Like, don't pour the whole thing on his head. What are you doing? We could sell this. We could do something. But essentially, she was saying this. She says, Jesus, I'm giving you my whole life. I'm giving you what's most valuable to me. Even more than that, she's saying, Jesus, I'm giving you my past, I'm giving you my business, and I'm giving you my future because when this is gone, I don't have anything left. Jesus, I'm giving it all to you. I give you everything. I will break it. I will pour it out on the one who is selfless and has shown me love. That's what she's telling Jesus. Broken and poured out. Broken and poured out. The second story is right after the first one in the same book of the Bible. And Jesus is, he's at the Last Supper as we know it, and he's sitting with his disciples, and he's about to have the, the communion meal with them. And as he's sitting there, he does something really unique, and, and he does this in, in verse 22. He says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, take it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. Again, broken and poured out. My body is broken for you. My blood will be poured out for you. The jar was this broken image of worship, of breaking this jar for this woman and pouring it out. And Jesus follows it up right after before he goes to the cross. And he says, it's my body that's broken for you, my blood that is poured out for you. Luke, who was sitting at the table at the same time, he, he writes it a little bit different. He picks up on something that Mark didn't write. And in Luke 22, verse 19 he says, Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, what, what is this? What is, what is he talking about? And, and it's easy for us to look at it and say, oh, he, well, he's talking about communion. He's talking about, you know, continue to break the bread and and the wine or the juice that represents Jesus's blood, like, okay, we, we get that. We get that aspect of it. But what if he meant something deeper as well? Like, obviously, we continue to honor and do in remembrance what Jesus called us to with, with the act of communion. But what if he was saying something deeper? 
What if in the Gospels when Jesus says this, he was saying, don't just do an act to remember me, but live your life in this same way. Live your life in a way that is broken and poured out before me. What if Jesus was saying, this is your example. I want you to live a life that's fully exposed to God. A life where every room in your heart is open to God to do something powerful. Now, when you hear that, when you hear those words, that prayer of of God break me, I would have the same exact response as you. No? Like, what? No, I don't. That sounds awful. That doesn't sound like anything that I signed up for when I said, hey, I think Jesus is who he is, and, and I think I'm going to be a follower of him. I don't, I don't remember anywhere in that contract being, oh, God, break me. I don't remember that part of it. I would have been the same way if I hadn't walked through the things that I've walked through and seen the healing and the power and the grace that is found when I open up every area of my life and go, God is yours. Have your way. Do what it is that you want to do in my life. You can have every part of me. There's nothing that I'm holding back from you. And every time I've done this, the Lord has responded with powerful healing. And just just to make you feel better, just because this isn't crazy enough, like this is not just like a one-time, okay, God break me, and then it's all over. It's this continual process in our life where as we're walking through this faith journey with God, we pick up these areas and these habits and these things in our lives that we continually need to go, hey, God, I need you to break me of this area because I'm holding on to it again. We just naturally in our life want to hold on to our life. We want to jump into the driver's seat, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever, I have some friends that they're awful drivers. And like, I will do everything in my power to figure out how to drive. I don't care if it's a 20 hour drive. Like, I will do it because either I'm going to puke in the back seat or I'm going to be screaming like a crazy person because they're, we do the same thing to God. We're like, God, 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 wait, wait, wait. This is cool. I appreciate you leading this area of my life, but why don't I just take the driver's seat for a second? Why don't, why don't I just handle this one? Like, you do all kinds of stuff. Like, you've got all 7 billion people in the world. How about I just handle this one thing myself? And we just naturally take back control, and we have to ongoingly pray, God, break me of this and have control. Look at this, this statement, and it's so true. Life's greatest moments of brokenness often lead to God's greatest blessing. The greatest moments of brokenness in our life before the Lord lead to some of the greatest blessings. He does incredible things through this. Think about Peter. Peter, the disciple, that he was all fired up. Jesus, I'll never deny you. And Jesus like, yeah, you're going to deny me three times. It's going to happen. No, I would never. And then he does. And he denies him three times. And could you imagine the brokenness of, of Peter, who was always so fired up to defend Jesus, he let him down in his most vulnerable moment. But Jesus, after he was risen from the dead, he came to Peter and, and he forgave him. And they had this beautiful moment of reconciliation together. And it was just so awesome. And Peter was the guy on the day of Pentecost that got to stand before the city and preach about Jesus. And 3,000 people put their trust in Jesus that day. His greatest moment of brokenness led to incredible 
blessing. And it happens time and time in our life. And, and what we need to understand is this, this isn't advanced Christianity. This isn't like hyper way up there processing. This is not for like just monks and, and women who only wear their hair in buns with long skirts. Like this is not just for that. This is for every single one of us. Every single one of us have to get to this place where we say, Jesus, break me of my sin. God, break me of those areas of my life that I've hidden from everybody else. But I know you see them, God, but here, break me of these things so that I can completely surrender to you. If we're not, caref- if we're, if we're not careful, we'll, we won't recognize that we're not fully devoted followers of Jesus. We're kind of like part-time followers of Jesus, right? If we're not careful, we, have, we, we come to church, and we come a couple of times in a month, and, and we try to do some good things here and there, and, and we pray here and there, and we want our kids to know who Jesus is, and, and we, just, we do just enough. But if we're honest with ourselves and honest with God, we know that there's so much more in our life that he wants to do that we're, we're not giving him access to. We're... we're a follower of Jesus when it's convenient or when it feels good in the moment, but we don't fully give access to those areas of our life Jesus is calling us to. But you'll notice in these prayers as we, as we close today, there's a pattern. There's a pattern to these three prayers, and it's our challenge today. God, search me. Search my heart. Search those areas of my life. God, break me of myself. Break me of my sin. Break me of my insecurity. And then God, send me. As you heal me, as you do these things in my life, God, send me into whatever it is that you call me to. Like we talked about last week. God, search me. God, break me. God, send me. And over and over throughout our life, this process happens. And and maybe for you, you're similar to me. Maybe God needs to break you of some pridefulness. Maybe for you, you haven't lived with a whole lot of humility because God has blessed you with incredible gifts. Maybe you're one of the, every time you walk into the room, you're the smartest guy there or the smartest woman there. And you know that. And God's going, hey, That's a gift that I gave you that you need to humble yourself before me so that I can use it. Because if we don't, that pride will overrun our life. Maybe for others, God needs to break you of your dependency on what others think of you. Maybe every day you wake up and you're, you're heading to Instagram to see if enough people liked your post because you just need to know that someone sees you and that someone cares about you. Maybe God needs to break you of your dependency of needing someone else to say, hey, you're good. When God all along is saying, you're great. I have something for you. I love you. I've given everything to show you my love. Maybe God needs to break that dependency of what others think. Maybe God needs to to break a a cycle of self-talk, that negative talk in in your head. That every day, every moment that you try to step out in courage, you hear that voice saying, you're not good enough. What are you doing? Who do you think you are to try to do something good with your life? That 
That's not God. That's not the words that he speaks into your life. That's not the words that he speaks over your identity. Whatever it is in your life that you need God to break you of, you have the moment for that. As we close, as you came in today, there's a little sticky note on your seat. And I wanted us to just have a a practical opportunity to surrender this to God. And for some of you, you're not ready for this. You're not ready to have this conversation. You're not ready to go there with God. You're not ready. You're like, hey, just get me out of here. Will you hurry up and stop talking so I can go eat? Like, I'm not ready for this. But for some of you, as I've been talking this morning, you hear God whispering to you that area that you need to surrender to him. There's a part of you that you know that you haven't fully given God access to that yet, and he wants it. He wants it not because he wants to be some controlling overlord. He wants to he wants control of it so that he can heal you of that area of your life that's broken. He wants to bring healing to you. So in just a really practical way, that sticky note is an opportunity for you to write that area that you want to say, God, break me of this. God, break me of this. If you would, I'd give you a, a 30 seconds, 45 seconds for you to write it. Nobody else looking at it. Nobody else is not, we're not going to stick it up on the wall and everybody go look at it. And This is just a practical moment for you to own it with God of going, God, I know I've held on to this for a long time. And right now, I'm going to surrender it to you. And I have a a basket that I'll put up here after I get done praying that you guys can drop it in and we're going to take it and we're just going to throw it away. It's going to be gone. But it's that practical ability for you to write it down and own it and that ability for you to put it in the basket and let it go. Go, God, I'm surrendering this to you. Totally and completely to you. Let's pray today. God, We've talked about some dangerous prayers over the last three weeks. God, we've prayed the prayers of of search my heart, search me, know my anxious thoughts, know my fears, know those areas of me that I need to surrender to you and lead me on the paths of everlasting life. God, we've prayed, here I am, send me. But God, maybe more important than all of those other prayers is this one. But we say, God, I need you to break me of this. I am tired of battling with this same thing over and over again. God, for some people in this room, there's a, there's a sin that's been in their life. There's, a, there's something that they've been holding on to for such a long time that is damaging their relationships. It's damaging the people around them, but they can't let it go. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just break that in them, that they're able to fully surrender it to you. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every negative self-talk voice that comes against us. God, that you would silence that chatter in our head, and the only voice that we would hear would be yours, who says, I love you. I am well pleased with you. I care for you, and I have a future for you. God, I pray for every person in this room that deals with insecurity, that deals with fear, that deals with 
a broken area of their heart, maybe not from anything that they've done, but from the, the pain that other people have inflicted on them. God, I pray for your healing power in the name of Jesus to come and touch them as they surrender that area of their life to you. God, we love you. We thank you that you care for us in our weakness, that you take our weakest area and you create a strength out of it because you're that incredible. Lord, I pray that as we walk away from this series, that you would give us the courage to pray these prayers. And that God, over the next couple months, we will see your hand at work like we've never imagined you could. God, let us hear your voice over all the other noise in our life. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.